Welcome to episode 727 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 727 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm pretty good, Bevan. So he's changed his ankles. He's pretty happy with himself today. I am. He's, got a, he's got a sharp haircut. Yeah. And he's he come in, and because I set up the, the studios, I own my lounge every week. I set up the studios. He's come in. He's changed his setup. Yep. I'm, I'm now looking at Bevan. He's yeah. got, and I've had my haircut. Bevan's haircut. got a bit of flow going. I on am over committing there. to the no haircut. It's yeah. been February the last time I had a haircut. Speaking of haircuts, here we go. Watch the rugby at the weekend. So we've got uh, rugby with crowds and everything down in New Zealand. Oh, New Zealand rocks. Great games, and we had a big game at the weekend, which was our team, the Crusaders, Crusaders, against the Auckland, uh, Auckland, whatever they were, they, what called? they called the Blues, the Blues, yep, and they got the Blues, and we beat them. Yep, a good There's game. Some serious penis hair, uh, circumcised haircuts going on. <laughs> so I look at them. What's a circumcised haircut? They've got the sort of like the the bowl oh, cut, the blonde at the top. and then the but then blonde at the top. They look like hey John, idiots. John, John, we're I'm 40. not a cool kid. We're forty. We can't judge the kids' <laughs> they haircuts. Look like there's that, and then you got the full on, full on mullets going on. It's it's not good, Bevan. John, it's not good. When you're young, you should do that stuff. Uh, when you get to our age, you have to have conservative haircuts. Short back in size. Nothing wrong with that. You know, you got to got to live life a little bit. You know, you got to. If you don't in your life have a photo that you regret a bad haircut from, <laughs> you haven't lived life. You know what I mean? So those guys, twenty years from now, they're going to be giving themselves shit about that. But they did it, John. Anyway, I'm talking is proudly brought to you by our fantastic patrons. You go first, John. Bob. Paul, the creator Yates, and we got uh, Mike. The Farnborough Fox Hewison and Matthew, the Prince of Pain Holtwick. Okay, guys, we've got some news. We've got a hot topic of the week. We've got a big announcement in the news, which is pretty exciting. Uh, we've got Coach's Corner. We, I'm going to enthrall you guys that I'll tell aren't you on what, Zwift. Tim, the, the notes that he's got on this one is absolutely huge. Talking about Zwift power ups because I'm getting frustrated, Bevan, of people not use playing their power ups correctly in Zwift, and especially with regards to they've got the current Tour de France on Zwift, and uh, and you see the pros making all these mistakes. And I'm like, come on, guys! Are it's they letting not the pros have power ups? Sorry, are they letting the pros have power ups? Yes. Yep. Oh. Yeah. It's just a gamification. It's part of the part of the deal. So it's, yep. The game's the game, John. Uh, Webs of the week, wearing of the week, and then certain questions and answers at the end. Jumbo, we had another virtual race happen over the weekend. I have to say, I didn't watch the race, but I saw some photos from one of the athletes. I think it was the male winner. He had, a, he had his own little family sitting around in the background. He did. <laughs> so he had, um, and it was right funny because they were looking quite lazed in the background. Yeah, so we've got to remember, you know, for us at the moment down here, it's winter. Today's a frosty day. That's out your weather report for the day. Yep. Um, indoor, tra- indoor racing and, on the mountain, and stuff appeals. But for all these guys in the Northern Hemisphere, hot as hell trying to do these indoor oh, races. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the winner on the male side was uh, Mickey Tagholt from Denmark. And as Bevan said, the cheering squad all had their little Danish flags in there. Uh, I'm going to do a little section on him in a moment. because Are you allowed a cheering squad? Because it's like you can you have your coach in the room. Oh, totally, and that's and that's the thing when we come to like doing the Zwift sort of stuff later on. Not so much in Ruby, but 
pressing your buttons and stuff when you need to use your power-ups, uh, it's a hell of a lot more helpful to have somebody there. And, and in terms of strategizing and stuff, a lot of the pros in the, in the, in the Zwift racing have their coaches or partners there, giving, okay, there you know, you telling them what's going on. It's quite hard to, if your screen's not massive to, to know exactly where you're at and, and keep an eye on things. So, yeah, totally. So, um, it's interesting yeah. because our sport as a sport, as their individual experience. Mm. I get this is different, but it's just But curious. that's where Collins Cup might come in uh, to, to play as well when you've got your, your team captain on there telling you, you know, your strategies and, and so on. You, so. The only downfall of that is what strategies really are there in long course? Well, this, 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 in that instance Format. in Collins Cup, it's more a case of, okay, you're three minutes down, we need you to get to two minutes down because that gets you extra points or something like okay. that maybe. But anyway, um, Mickey Tugholt took it out. He ran an 8.48 for his 3K run, so just, you know, it's a little bit less than two miles, and then biked, smashed them on the bike with a 52.05 and won by nearly, you know, th- over three minutes. This is just a epic distance race uh, against Jackson Laundrie, and he is... One of the athletes from Canada, and he ran an 8.41 and rode 55.28, and he's been doing extremely well in some of the Zwift uh, Pro Tri series. And uh, so for this other fella to take him down by three minutes is big. And then Peter Hemerick in third place. Pretty impressive run times. So uh, Jackson Laundry, uh, Peter Hemerick ran 8.32, Jackson Laundry an 8.41, and Mickey Tarkholt a 8.48 for 3K. That's not hanging around, and it really goes to show. Eight forty, eight thirty-two. Peter Hemrick, he's a good athlete. Don't dispute that. He's a good seventy-point-three athlete. In his ITU days, he was just another sort of, you know, not, not mid-packer. He was a good athlete, but certainly never it's winning four, races. It's two forties. Uh, it's 250, 250, sorry, 250, 250 251. Yeah. Yeah, so it's That's not much around. Uh, I don't know what Roman Guillaume was doing. He was having a bloody picnic, 959. Bevan Knight could almost run that on a, on a bloody good day. So he was mucking John, around. John, could, could I at the moment? Oh, maybe. Uh, I couldn't at the moment. I can't run 1K. Um, Are you injured? Yep. Oh, no. <laughs> so anyway, I've got to say, you know, when you're going into these 40K TTs, again, as with everything here, you've got to take them with a grain of salt, depending on how people's um, smart trainers are set up. But, you know, to do a 40k TT, it's, it's hard work. And uh, and he smashed them by three and a half minutes on the bike. And, and, and athletics, because I know the, the 1600 metre or the mile is kind of the event. Um, do they ever do a 1k race? Uh, very rarely. Yeah, no, very. I'm going to try to find the 1K, 1K record. K record, and you would have the uh, randomly, but no, normally you got 800, 1500, uh, and then you go up to 5K, and plus there's a steeplechase in the middle there as well. So, yes, they have 1K races, but they're not uh, part of the championship. Okay, how fast do you think the 1K world record is? Probably like 206 or something like that, or. So, on the men's, 211. 211. Where's the females? females yeah, females. females Winners often go about 150. That's outdoor. For, indoor. In the indoor, it's actually slower. Mm. 214 for yeah, the Yeah, but in, indoor is a shorter track. You have a 250-meter oh, track, I think it is, so lots of turns. In the females, it's 228 and then 230. Nice. That's 211. That's moving. That is moving exactly uh, on the female side of racing at the weekend Meredith Kessler she's been doing lots and lots of racing on all different platforms she ran a 10.24 and then went, broke the one hour mark she went 59.24 to beat Helen Jenkins by nearly a couple of minutes um, with Maureen Hulf in third and Hayley Chura in fourth so good times um, 
didn't watch any of the coverage, but if I'm on the train later this week, I might jump on and have a little look-see. Um, so yeah, that was Ironman VR. This just keeps on rolling on. What do you the, reckon? What do you reckon the thirty k world record is? Thirty <laughs> k. Yeah, I've just got all the world. I got lots of random ones here. Well, so what they probably run about two and a half minutes. So I'm just probably a little bit slower than two and a half minutes a k, isn't it? So what's that? Seven. I'd say seventy eight minutes. So was it one eighteen? Yeah. No, one one twenty six. Okay, maybe I was a little up. What about the hundred k? Uh, so you'd say what? Hundred k is bloody impressive. Three minute thirty k's maybe. Whoa. No, that's a bit far. No, three minute thirty for hundred k's a bit quick. Oh, maybe not. Well, well, you well, tell well, us. Well, the, oh. the record is, the record is one oh six, one oh nine. Sorry, one oh nine. So what do you reckon is per k? Let's see if I can calculate that. Okay. I'll, you, I'll you talk about a, something else. I'll have a quick I'll... look at some of the age group results from the weekend. I did note that the numbers seem to be, well, at least this weekend, they slid down a little bit. So it was an Olympic distance race. They went on the, uh, did 40Ks on the Chattanooga uh, course. And our results, we had 1,200 participants in the championship race, um, but there was only 546 finishes. And let's just pick a random age group. We'll do the, the first person overall when Bevan's internet decides to give me access to this. You've, you worked out your maths? Yeah, I have. I'm waiting for you. No, you go for it. Okay, so the 100K world record. So what time did you reckon? It, so what pace do you reckon it's going to be? I guess I would have thought maybe 3.30s or something like that. But 3.41. Probably, yeah. For 100Ks? Yeah, solid. That is phenomenal. Yeah. What do you reckon is harder? A two-hour marathon or a 100K at that? Uh, so everything's relative. Yeah, it is. Everything's relative. But sitting on that for so six hours at that pace. Yeah, that would be... Oh, tough. That's phenomenal. Just while we're here, let's look at the females 100k world record. So the females 100k world record is 633. So it's not even that much slower. Jeepers creepers. These guys are freaks. Back to triathlon. God, we had a bit of a shellacking this weekend. Uh, Nick Costman from Canada. This one might need to get verified. I don't know if I've never heard of him before. He did 137.02, winning by. Eight minutes. Oh, I can't believe this. It's you don't even believe it, do you, John? Well, the run times are pretty legit. He went ran thirty four forty two for his first ten k, and then ran a or for his ten k off the bike ran nine twenty nine. Um, but then he rode a fifty two fifty one, which that's pretty much on par with what that pro athlete did. So yeah, Mickey did fifty two oh five. So that's pretty honest when he's beating pretty much all the pros. Uh, when we look at second place, Ben Fairclough from Great Britain, Britain he ran 36-19, uh, biked a 59-14, and his first run was a 10-16. So, yeah, quite some difference there. So we'll see if the, those results still stand. And I'll pick out uh, the female side. In first place, she won by three minutes, uh, nearly four minutes. Gemma Carter Collins from Great Britain. She went one fifty eight oh eight. She opened up with an eleven twenty one for a three k, one oh three on the bike, and a forty two forty six run. She's in the forty to forty four age group. So, good stuff to everybody who's out there doing these, either as uh, training races or just going nuts. I think it's all good. Okay, so we're going to look back on a couple of races from last year. We're going to look at Victoria from Spain. Got to say, a blast from the past took this out with a great. Great race last year, and Nico Lanos, 
He did a 7.55 for a 48 swim, a 4.16 bike, and then a 2.46 run, which is a pretty complete performance. Now, he was around, you know, when Mac was at his prime, mm. you know, kind of late or early 2010s. Yep. Late 2000, you know, like maybe 2008, 2010. He was a name of then. So in 2019, for him to pull off that race, is a bloody good effort. Well, I remember that very, very close, or not very, very close, but close finish he had with Craig Alexander. Well, I think it might have been the first time Craig Alexander won, maybe the first or second, but he was right in contention for the win and uh, wasn't too far off it. He won some big races, a quality athlete. Well, last this time last year, he was 42 years old. Mm. How many 40-year-olds 40, 40 have gone in sub-8? That's an interesting question. I don't know. There you go, Torsten. It'd be a handful, wouldn't it? Put that on your quiz for the week, Torsten. I'm sure you'll get a few. Yeah, there's uh, a go. How many 40-year-olds have gone sub-eight in the history of the sport? He's a, he'd be one of few. That's a great performance. Mm. Uh, winning by about uh, 11 minutes over Josh Amberger. And, well, that's a cracking name in third place. Let's give it a go. Uh, Peru Alfaro San Ildefonso. I think we can you nail that. <laughs> I, I'm high five on that one, John Newsom, because that was I, there was no way I was getting that. <laughs> um, the females race we had Heather Jackson. She took it out in an 8:52, another solid performance. Nina Duran took it out in second, and then Judith. Uh, you say that one, John. Judith Cochran Vaquerio from Spain in third in 9.13. And the other race we had this time last year was Ironman Switzerland. And uh, let's look at the results here. We had Jan van Berkel take that out in 8.17 for a seven-minute victory over Sven Riedra. For those of you who don't recall Sven Riedra, he finished third place at the Athens Olympics all the way back in 2004. Um, never quite got it at Ironman like that was a good result for him finishing the second place but he's had a lot of uh, bad finishes I remember we interviewed him in Rote one year and he'd had a bad finish there just and he was a real consistent performer on the ITU circuit got that medal there but also was a consistent you know top five top ten athlete uh, and he was second there in front of Cyril Vino who was in third place in 831 uh, that was a male only pro race good old Damien Collins from Australia there was uh, in fourth place in front of Ronnie Shieldnick who's won the race like 10 or 11 times or something like that. So John last week we were talking about races that are going to be happening what races IM dot races will be happening in the next period of time and we talked about Ironman or the 70.3 Tekapo I mean Taupo, Taupo sorry that will, be, Taupo, Taupo, that will be happening at, later on this year and we're saying well it won't be the World Championships but it's going to go ahead and then we got an email through from Murray the Holy Hammer Lapworth saying actually it's been cancelled. And we got an email from Ironman about Oceana races. Mm. Why the heck has this been cancelled? I haven't got any intel on this, so I know as much as the rest of you guys and Kiwis and stuff. It does seem bizarre. Race New Zealand is, is back to normal as anywhere in the world. We can put a race on. Yeah. Anywhere, we can have crowds. Race, races are happening. We well, can have crowds. Maybe we're not going to get people from overseas coming, but there's enough Kiwis to pull off a 70.3. Exactly. So there's got to be a good reason for it because they could... They could they would definitely be down on numbers, but you've got to think they'd be getting somewhere between, say, five hundred to a race thousand. on if they can put a race on. Yeah, it, you know yeah. what I mean. Like right now, mm-hmm. we need we, we, just a bit of hope for the sport. Yes, I, I mean I put all my speculation out there, but I'm not going to. But uh, go on, John. Oh yeah, put your spec. Come on. Put it out there. Ironman own some of the marathons in New Zealand, and yep. maybe they're focusing on them. Maybe they've downsized quite a bit because. There's no end in sight for this in terms of getting lots of people to part, to events in New Zealand, and maybe they're focusing on other events, and then maybe they've downscaled. That's just my that's the only 
So what you think they've downscaled what their, their staff? staff. Yeah, and, so and they don't have the staff to be able to put a race on. Yeah, so they've already cancelled the Pioneer, which is another event. Of oh, they cancelled it. Yep. So that they rescheduled it to April next year. They've cancelled that. Still, so the, the April race has been cancelled. Yep. Yep. It's been cancelled. Uh, and so I think what this shows. Well, to the me, marathon, for example, in the Queenstown Marathon, which is a, I think the biggest marathon of Auckland and Queenstown are pretty much on mm. par. They have lost their sponsorship for me in New Zealand, right? Uh, which would be a big sponsor. Mm. Um, and the thing is, right now, sponsorship dollars going to be hard to get. Totally. You know, no, no, I'm not, I don't know if they've announced a new sponsor. Um, maybe I'll have a look on the website in a second. But, but I don't know, John, come on. Like, how much? To put on a 70.3. Yeah. Um, and if you've, if you've got rid of your staff, well, eventually, what, what's happening with races? Yeah, so who knows? Um, okay. All of it, all of everything we've just said is speculation. We know nothing. I know nothing about what's going on. Uh, so, but, yeah. but it's just bizarre because it's, it's, I just don't get it. Like no. it's like if anywhere in the world a race can happen right now, it's New Zealand. And if you can't put on a race for, say, maybe let's say it's six to eight hundred people, maybe but, a thousand. But but those seventy point. I get. I mean, New Zealand's an international crowd. At hmm. a seventy point three in Taupo, Taupo. Mm. Uh, how many people fly over from Australia to do that race? I think I don't know, but I think there'd be more than you'd think. More than you'd, you'd, you'd think. So anyway, no Taupo 70.3. There is a, there is an Disappointing, ups- John. No, but there's an upside to this, Bevan. John's race is happening. My race is happening. <laughs> and this yeah, the happiest about, person in New Zealand when he saw that was cancelled. I did do a post straight away saying, I see that it's been cancelled. Uh, feel free to come the down Ox to Man. my event. The Oxman. So anyway. Yeah, well, we'll give you a race a plug. Exactly. So Oxman is on December 13th. Uh, it is more of an old school you know, uh, race. Is, you don't know, have all the glamour, all the stuff that you get at Ironman, and the, the entry fee is reflected in that. Um, I'm not sure what you pay for a 70.3, but I'm pretty sure mine's about half the price. So come on down to Christchurch and see what it's all about. You can almost see the course from Bevan's Place out by the mountains. John, what's Beautiful. the website? Oxman.co.nz. Yeah. Um, one other thing that we didn't do before was my little pro of the week section because we were talking about this Mickey Tagholt who took out the uh, Ironman Virtual Reality Race 14 at the weekend and I was saying I knew nothing about him so I thought I'd just do a quick bit of research and he hasn't got a huge pedigree behind him. He finished 8th in the Ponte Verde Long Distance World Championships, the ITU uh, World Champs back in May uh, last year. Uh, he finished second at the ITU Long Distance Multisport World Cup in China. Um, and his sort of Ironman racing, uh, his well, 70.3 racing hasn't been massive. He did finish third in the Indian Wells 70.3. Uh, when was that? Last year. Uh, he finished third in the one in Poland. Outside of that, he had a 14th the year before, or earlier in the year, and eighth. So still, still a new pro. He races on the PWAG team, which is the same team that Marino van Holnacker used to race for. Oh, yeah. Also the one that Teresa Adam, um, our Kiwi, now races for. Kind of like a Second tier, often young athletes, development uh, athletes, and there's obviously somebody very keen at PWAG on triathlon because it's basically, they look like they make industrial chains and stuff, okay. so not a huge synergy with triathlon, but good on them for uh, supporting a pro team, and yeah, he's from Denmark, and he was born in 1994, so still a fairly young pro, only 26 years of age. So that was your VR champion from the weekend. So the question is, John, what, what teams are still around? Uh, there's the, Sun, go, the Sunto team, which we talked to. They, they, 
they're generally smaller, lower level teams rather than yeah. you know we don't have the try Dubai that we used to have in the past or the Abu Dhabi team. No, that didn't. That's long, 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 long gone. Hey, Bevan, just as we're speaking, not that I should be looking at my emails. Oh, he's hopeless. We've just had our first sign up. He turns himself to me, but he never actually looks at me. No, we've just had our first sign up for the... Oh, this is a great lead-in, John, because we are meant to talk about Thorsten's article, but we can do that next. John has been doing some good work this week, team, because last week on the show he said, I have an idea, and the idea was, why don't we have... Uh, championship weekend and I am talk world championships on the weekend that the Kona was meant to be happening but they've cancelled it but not us John we don't have the cancel culture we do not we make things happen and who's the first person who signed up so Matt Charlton uh, good old Lion Brown that's his nickname we gave nice. him Lion Brown Matt Charlton signed up from the UK so he is our first sign I literally only set this up on Facebook I said to Bevan I'm going to be uh, five minutes late I'm just going to set this uh, event up on Facebook so people can sign up and it looks like Matt's our first one to come in. So good on him. So what we're going to do is I've, I've got a lot, I've tried to appease everybody and appreciate that not everybody's on Swift um, but if you want to kind of get into the social interaction it is going to work better if you are on Zwift uh, even if it's just for that one particular day because uh, Bevan's going to be coming down to my place and he's oh. going to do it apparently. Yeah. So I'm going to do a swim as well am I? Yep. Are we so swimming at a pool or swimming in the... We're swimming haven't thought that one through, actually. We can do either. October? In yeah. the pool, John Newsom. <laughs> <laughs> I've been swam since when was the last time I swam. I think the last time I swam was when you and I were in Kona. Yeah. And we did that beach swim where John Mountain Sail got lost. Okay. It's yeah. probably the last time I've been for a swim. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Mountain, right Mountain Sail goes, oh, I'm just going to go for a swim. <laughs> Takes off. We couldn't see him forever, could we? We're starting to crap ourselves. Yeah. And it's like, come on, Mountain Sail goes, oh, you know, I got to here and I thought I'd go around the corner a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, can't give the Mountain Sail too much grief. He's recruited lots of Wellington athletes to my camp. It's all full now. It's oh, great. Good stuff. Um, anyway, so what's going to happen? It's on, on October the 11th, 2020 this year because there's not going to be any Kona. We're basically going to do a half Ironman simulation slash race. You can go at whatever sort of intensity you want but I'm actually encouraging a lot of the athletes that I coach to try to treat it as, as a race you know the, the reality is it looks like uh, Great Britain it looks like there's some races that are going to be coming back online from here on in America that's looking pretty doubtful um, but there may be some late season races but I want to partly give my athletes um, something to sort of look forward to and actually go out there and crank it and see, see what you can do so in terms of Results. Uh, what it's gonna, what I'm gonna do is just have a spreadsheet. People can fill in their details. Ideally, do it on on uh, Zwift, but if you do it on the road or on Ruby, um, then you can. I'll have little fields so you can tick that box. So we have some form of leaderboard, and likewise, if you do it on a smart trainer or a dumb trainer. Um, now, I will say. As always, with all these results, you don't, don't take indoor results on the bike too seriously. The run yep. side of things we can. Um, and then there's no entry fee or anything like that. If you want to become a patron, that would be awesome. Or make a little donation, um, that would be great. So the swim. Um, I've kind of assumed that by October time, most people have access to a pool or possibly open water. Um, so you can go and do your swim. And the big thing with this event is ideally I would love people to do it with the intent that it is a swim bike run as continuous as possible appreciate there's going to be travel time between swim and bike but I want everybody who's doing this to do the run off the bike ideally Uh, the only exception to that would be if the time zone really doesn't work and you're going to end up running in the uh, in the middle of the night so your swim is going to be 2k or 
1,200 yards continuous effort um, and we'll, I'll have a little form, you can tick whether you did it in a pool or in a 50 metre, 25 metre or open water and then you're trying to time your swim so you can do your swim and then nip home and then get straight onto your bike. Uh, with regards to the bike, uh, you jump onto Zwift um, ideally or otherwise onto your other platform or go outside if you don't have a smart trainer or you just want to get outside. What I'll do for those on Zwift, I'm going to set up uh, three meetup times uh, so you can ride hopefully as a bit of a I am talk group and you're going to bike 90 kilometres on the big foothills route. Originally I was thinking of some crazy hilly course but then I've decided big foothills kind of gives us a nice balance of, uh, of flat and hills and for Zwifters I really want everybody to do it on a TT bike so then there's no drafting uh, so I'll even have instructions on how to change your bike because some people won't know how to do so, that. So your bike is your bike but on, on the in the program you change it. Exactly okay. so when, when you ride on I, a, I don't know nothing when, about this. When, when you ride on a TT bike in Zwift you can't draft off people it just by you know that's just set in the in the program, when you're on a road bike, you can draft off people. So I want to see everybody on TT bikes, so there's no drafting. Hopefully, we'll all um, you know hum around as uh, as little groups, and we can try to treat it as a bit of a race. Uh, and what I'm going to do: three setup startup times. So we have 8:30 start time in New Zealand. Um, so hopefully, that's late enough for Aussies to get up early and get amongst it. I'll set another meetup time for 8:30 a.m. Uh, for the Brits and the Euro athletes. So that'll be 8:30 a.m. Green minutes time. Green Minich, what the hell, uh, Greenwich medium time yeah, um, for the Euro athletes and then I'll set up another one uh, at 8.30am Eastern Standard Time for Americans. Uh, what else did I say? Um, yeah, if there's enough interest in people who are on the Ruby platform, we could try setting up a Ruby um, sort of race so you guys can do it together and then you get off the bike and you run 21.1, remember the point one straight off the bike. Uh, so, so wait a second, I wasn't listening for a second there. The bike, from the swim to the bike, you got time? You want to try to do it as quick as you, po- as you possibly can. So, so we'll go from Pioneer? Yep, to my place. Drive to your place. Yep, so that, I've set it at 8.30, so for us, we can swim at... Well, you're going to have a bit more time, John, because how far are you going to say how fast do you swim to? Um, at the moment, not very fast. Oh, John, yes. come on. Yeah. I'm going to be like 40 minutes. Yep, that's okay. Yeah. I'll wait for you. Good, thank so, you. So, yeah, I'm not going to be... Yeah, you just got to allow yourself enough time to get home and get onto your, your Zwift trainer. So trying to think about, okay, maybe I'll give myself half an hour or something like that to, to do that. Uh, the only exception to not doing it in run, bike, run or swim, bike, run order would be if you really want to come on the the Zwift meetup with us at say 8.30am uh, New Zealand time and if that doesn't really work for you then I suppose if you do the 21k run before you do your bike ride that's going to be, you're going to be suitably fatigued so you're probably not getting any advantage out of doing that but for most people try to make it swim, bike, run. Are you going to run hard? Sorry? You're injured. I am injured at the moment and I'm not going to be running anywhere uh, for a couple of weeks, but I'm intending to do this probably at about 90 to 95%. Oh, you're going to go all out? No, that would be 100%. Well, not 95 is pretty... Yeah, so <laughs> I'm sort of thinking it will be, I'll be doing it quicker than Ironman effort, but not my normal sort of half Ironman effort. So somewhere in between. So I'm so going to put on a pretty honest effort. My question is, do I train for it? Uh, I don't think you need to worry about a swim. You'll get through the, the swim okay. Um, but I'd just suggest you probably do a couple of bike rides and you just you don't want to be injured. And, and I would do a couple of runs at the pace that you're planning on running. Yeah. So I basically did this you know, the, when they came out with those first Ironman virtual reality races. And I went and did the first one um, 
not fit at all and I capitulated uh, <laughs> late in the bike. Granted, my nutrition wasn't great, um, but that was not great and I was running at a reasonable pace. So, so I just, um, so just so do a few tempo runs. There's a question here, John. Do you do, you do it to compete like Newsom did when he went to Kona mm-hmm. or do you do it to complete like I did when I went to Kona? Exactly, and that's the decision people have got to make. <laughs> you know. um, but I'd say if, if you haven't had any racing and, you go, and you're sitting there, for a lot of people, motivations are struggling at the moment. They're going, what, what am I, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? This will give you something to sort of maybe look yeah, forward to and go, okay, in this race, as I said, set yourself a goal. I'm saying I'm going to try to go 90 95%. And so work out your numbers going, right, if, if I want to, to go 100% when you're in a solo event, pretty challenging to, John, to, to match. I've made what my decision. Because yep. I think I've got, I bought some swims at Pioneer Pool a long time ago. I think mm-hmm. I've still got that past somewhere. Um, I'm going to train for six weeks. Righty ho. Yep. Good. One week taper. Yeah. Yep. Which is a short Sorry. taper. One week taper. Six weeks of training for this race. Not not OTT like the old days, mm-hmm. but you know I'll do two rides a week, mm-hmm. two runs a week, yep. one swim. Great. <laughs> there you go. And he's, Bevan's going to come around. I've got a, a spare kicker at my place at the moment. You can do what Thomas is using. You can jump onto that. Yep. And uh, I have to come into a practice session. Yep. I will say that the kickers. Uh, will I bring uh, my bike for the kicker? Yes. Yeah, yep. you can, my, the kickers are reading a little bit too high, so that you're going to have a little bit of advantage. This is what I always say hey. with this stuff. So maybe you'll give, can you give me a, a few big watts. advantage, just not just a little. Can yeah, you give me yeah, a right. big advantage? You might be able to. <laughs> I currently weigh 55 kg. <laughs> exactly. No, you'll be smoking it. So if you are keen to, to jump on this, I've put a little post on uh, I am Talk Facebook page, but go to I am Talk Me. Up the top of the page, uh, there is a button that says Camps and slash Training. And under that is the I Am Talk Kona Weekend World Champs. Um, hopefully, I'll get some sort of memento for people who do this. We may get a few spot prizes, things like that. Um, but yeah, gives you something people to look forward to. And actually, it's all about the intent. You want to be running off the bike straight away. None of this IMVR where you can take 12 hours to do it. It's like run off the bike, try to have a shorter possible time between your swim and getting on your bike. If you can't swim, do it as a run, bike, run. We can almost have a Zoom page that's open the whole time, so when people come into the end... Yeah, well, I'm thinking something along the lines of Zoom or some sort of Discord one. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, we'll have yeah. some something. something Connect us to it together. Yeah. Um, now, Bevan oh, and I will oh, be on the... private Facebook group because then people can go and go do a live, little live as they come in. Okay. Yeah, yep. you could just have a little chat line. Yep, yeah. sounds good. Um, so, Bevan and I will be doing the one at 8.30 a.m. New Zealand time. Very good. So, I've got to get up early and swim earlier than that. We'll be swimming at 7. Ooh. No, no, it's 7.30. We've got enough time to get everything sort of be somewhere in hey, that range. You know, I know nothing. It's okay, this week's discussion, guys. This week's dis- oh no, no, we need to take a back step actually because we're talking about Dawson and an article that he wrote uh, around qualification for the February twenty twenty one Kona qualifying race as a professional. He's just breaking down how he sees it can be happening as we head into the race being in Kona. And let's be honest, at this moment in time, would you bet on this race happening? No, and we mentioned this quite a bit uh, last week, but the article Torsten wrote, for some reason, was up, and then it came down, and then it's back up again now. So if you are interested in this, as we said last week, the way they're planning on allocating slots and prize money is based off where most of the pro pro triathletes are based. So to give you an example, Europe has 276 of the pros, uh, and from a prize money perspective, that means they'd get 1.3 million of the total prize pool. We compare that to Oceania, where there's 40 
45 pros, they will only get 400,000 um, from that. So that's just, if, you, if you're interested in this stuff, we talked about it last week, um, go check out tryrating.com. And he's also got a list of um, the European races that are potentially going to happen, uh, the North American races and uh, and Oceania. So um, Oceania, you've only really got Ironman Cairns and, uh, and then there is Western Australia, but that's in December, so that will qualify you for the following year. So who knows where this is all going to go, but uh, Torsten's um, got all the numbers and stuff. Just travelling to America, like I know we're still, what, seven months away, mm. seven or eight months, but um, travelling to America doesn't seem very likely in the next period of time. It does not. You know, it'll be interesting to see how long they'll delay if when they're going to make the call on that race. Mm. You know, maybe we would just end up having the Kona the following year, or October next year. Mm. Jeez. It's, what a crazy time we live in, team. Okay, this week's discussion. This week's discussion was, would you have any interest in an age group triathlon organization association being established? Uh, would this be for age groupers to have a voice in Ironman, ITU, Challenge, and other organizations? Why, why not would you want to be a part of the organization? Happy birthday to Alan Bryson, listener of the show. It's just posted a cake on Facebook, and it's, uh, look at that cake. They've just, just got look, a couple look. of dogs. Oh, my God, that looks like and a cake. It must be his good wife, Vicky, is uh, baking oh. cake for him. If I knew you were coming, that's I would a be. Cake. Alan, I don't know if that's low-carb, high-fat, but it's uh, it's a good-looking cake. I think there's a lot of sugar in there. <laughs> cake. Yeah. Steve Dean, oh, dear, honest, got great question, but no. We should all already have our own national organizations, USTA, here in the States, uh, that can voice our opinions, etc. Plus, Ironman does not do a good job of sending out our surveys and actually taking some of the criticism and tips and implementing them into that year. We're already getting questions. Oh, no, he says Ironman does do a good job, sorry. Okay, uh, we're getting people asking questions on our on our I am Talk Kona weekend. I know I'm off topic here. John, Edward, focus on your job. Edward Evans, WTF. Yeah, I did see that and one. And then uh, Fred Willis, are we having a virtual race? Yes, we are, Fred. There you go. Fred, read the page. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, my, we've got a running business and my, lo- my lovely wife does operations and my lovely wife is detailed, man. Like there's no button, there's no nothing we miss. Yeah. The amount of people you send out an email and then you get a question, which if they just read the email. Yeah. Totally so I'm sure you, you know about this, John. Totally hearing you. Read the page. Good old John Ballard. As a large club, we have tried to lever more out of Ironman in particular with quid pro quo offers and helping them perhaps get entries to less popular races or just plain increasing popularity in the sport. But either through incompetence or by design, they are generally unresponsive. If you are wanting to destroy all interests in local clubs and the club program, you would change divisions and points system almost every year and favour global corporate clubs. Check. Uh, it has been more fruitful to spend our what time. What does that at, mean? Well, that basically means they're just changing the club system every year, and then you, so you think, right, we'll we'll attack this uh, with our club this year and try to win the clubs competition. Oh, okay. And then they'll change the rules and focusing more on the global clubs rather than your local club. What's a glo- what's a global club? Um, like a racing team. So it okay. might be a like if we had an IM Talk uh, racing, racing team. team. Okay. And so instead of having our local Christchurch or Canterbury Triathlon Club, people would race for the I Am Talk team. Okay. So uh, he also said, it's been more fruitful to spend our time engaging with the few local races that remain. Ironman requires fairy tale growth in numbers and race fees to support their valuations. I don't see them engaging with a union of age groupers in a productive way 
as that would hurt whatever growth story remains. One thing I think we do need to do, uh, need global solidarity is the response if they go into bankruptcy and try to wipe the race fee amongst other debts in clean state and then restart. Uh, oh, so do you think there's a strategy they'll do? Surely not. Who knows? Uh, enough of us would, uh, enough of us would have to make it clear that we wouldn't be back, that the, and that the brand would be worthless. Let the bankers eat some of it, or they will be left with very little. So that's a good point. If Iron Man went bankrupt. They've got millions of our dollars uh, in entry fees, and then if they decide to just restart Iron Man trading as something else, I don't know. I don't know the legalities of all that, but uh, good points by John Ballard saying that from their club perspective, they've got a good sized club, and they've had no no success trying to. Who sent through this email? Because I think that was one of the motivators for them was the the the, the lack of voice, especially around the stuff of race entries, getting the Mm -hmm. refunds and stuff like that. Um, Brett Chan's got, and he's really involved in his local kind of triathlon community and organisation with like um, riffing and stuff like that. Or what do you call that? Technical official line. Yep. Uh, Age group brothers already have a voice with the ITU through their national federations. Um, I don't know that you could have a worldwide federation of age group athletes in addition to this to discuss issues of Ironman Challenge and other commercial brands. If you think managing the agenda of disparate uh, disparate pro athletes is hard, imagine what trying to consolidate the wants of every worldwide athlete in every rate distance. Yeah, it's a good point. Graham uh, McCullum, no, I'm good enough to worry about any of I'm not good enough to worry about any of it. If I don't like a race, I won't do it. If I've done a race, I'll feed back to the organisers. Uh, Mick Simpson's got, I've uh, been a, um, a union member for 12 years and we don't get any significant movements when we are all meant to be wanting the same outcomes. I can't imagine how pointless it would be to get everyone putting, pulling in different directions. We had a couple here, Hal Tao Davis um, or Davies and a couple of others have said uh, the voice is money, don't like it, don't pay to enter. Uh, Scott Bavel's got Bavel's got I thought it was called social media that is a good, uh, That's a pretty good yardstick point. as well for, for a lot of the events so that was not a huge response this week so yeah just to recap on the question um, would you have any interest in age group triathletes organisation and would you be willing to contribute money towards it because it needs money so no and no but, but did <laughs> sure. you say no and no yeah <laughs> but I, I think you've got to think what is going to be the point of having an organisation and when I think what what do most people get their knickers in a twist about and it's usually drafting or overcrowding on a course and it's usually uh, high entry fees and n- lack of being able to transfer to other events etc and I don't really think a union is or anything like that is a going to work and b whether it's going to have any any impact I, I agree with most other people if you've got a problem with a race and, and I would like people to do this with me as a race director if something goes wrong rather than bitching and moaning about it on social media uh, and with the, the risk of the event organizer or organization not actually hearing about it just contact the local organizer and tell them about it if you go and do iron man whatever um, but that's a thing for life you know what like like, it's just talk to the person don't don't whinge behind their back yeah and if if you've got a problem with your local triathlon club or um or, or national federation just go to them and say look why is this not happening or so on we get hardly I mean, I'm involved in the triathlon club for a long time. It's very rare that you get those sort of emails saying, um, how about you maybe do you want to try putting on a 
type this type of race or catering for this type of group. It's very very little. So I don't a I don't think it'd work. Um, b I wouldn't probably wouldn't be part of it because I don't think it would work. Um, and I agree with Brett Chan and a few others that I think the the what's already established with national federations is probably the best way to attack it uh, in terms of lobbying your national federation who can then lobby ITU and then if rule changes happen, happen a lot of events around the world are governed by ITU rules even if it's um, you know Ironman and ITU seem to be trying to get really good alignment between the rulings so I think that would be the best way forward but when it comes to money and stuff Ironman aren't going to listen to a, a lobby group I don't think. No, it's the thing you're dealing with. Like, it's it, you're not you're dealing with like a government organisation, are you? You're dealing with just companies. Yeah, they just and want to so, make money. Which, although you know, okay, so the argument you okay, let's let's do the devil's advocate to the good side. Hmm. So let's say you did want to do this. Let's say seventy percent of people who did I'm in were in the organisation. If they, they would have some power, because hmm. if they went to I'm in and said, okay, if you can let you guys do this, we're going to go to challenge next year. I, I totally agree. Being that, that's a power being of opinion, the isn't it? Being the devil advocate of your devil's advocate, <laughs> okay, is, you're not going to get seventy percent. You're going to get no, the yeah. vocal minority. Yeah. That and 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 then the yeah, um, it's a big hill to climb. The, the quiet majority will they'll just sort of sit back and I'd just say vote with your feet. If you don't like something, don't sign up. Yeah, but they've got their golden ticket, John. Mm. they got their golden ticket. Okay, this week's discussion is, is what is the most adventurous, challenging training or race that you've done that you've survived, John, yeah. that in hindsight bordered on being a little bit stupid and unsafe? I've got many of these. Good. That I think we'll get a good response this week. Yeah. And, then, and we're about to do a website of the week and it sort of relates. This, that's what gave me the idea for this. So Sorry, again. What something is, a bit crazy you've done afterwards you've gone, shit, that was pretty stupid yeah what well, yeah i shouldn't have done that yeah even just like going some like this is this is kind of not what you're meaning here but sometimes when you go down a hill too fast and you get your cornering wrong mm-hmm. like i remember you going down the other side of dyers mm-hmm. so dyers past the road is is basically one of the biggest well, one of the popular climbs in christchurch and the side that i live on on the hill is not it's a good decent climb mm-hmm. but not that hard mm-hmm. but the other side down is a, is a really decent climb yeah. so 10 to 15 percent for how long um the other side, I'm going to say three k's probably. Yeah. So you turn around and you go down the first bit, and it's quite windy. The last bit's just a nice flat descent, mm. but it's quite windy. I remember one time we're coming down one of the last loops before that big loop turn, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, I was going blasting, and I just had to go on the other side of the road. Yeah. And, and I tell gone. you what, if cars, yeah, it's game over. Yeah. You know, and there was no way out of it. I was just like. I would yeah. fall off and destroy myself, yeah. had a car or nothing, and thank God nothing was there. Yeah. So there's, oh, there's going to be plenty of examples of this. Exactly. What's the fastest you've ever ridden? Um, I haven't cracked 100, but I've been into the ni- well into the 90s. Was that scary? Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it is exactly one of those situations. Oh, yeah. 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 You just go, wow, that there's not rem- The problem is there's no room for error, is there? No. Yeah. No. You just <laughs> Good buzz, though. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, website of the, the week. week. The Mountain South Earth sent through this one because basically what happened was you're saying that a Rob Hutchinson, uh, Hutchings. Hutchings, he's a Christchurch events supporter and he did, he swam down the Clother. And so the Clother River, I think it's the longest river in the South Island of New Zealand and I think it's maybe the second or third I haven't actually watched all this I intended to watch it at the weekend but didn't get around to it well to be honest John it's, it's watching you guys swim down the river it is but I was just going to watch it while I was on the bike yep. so the Clutha River it's a very long river I think it was two. I think it was 288 kilometres he swam he's looking at me he's flying 
And <laughs> like he's doing a bit of breaststroke, a bit of freestyle, but he is, he's blitzing it. And so this river, it's not just a gentle, you know, there's definitely Like the kayak is flying down the river with him. Not using the paddle at all. But yeah, there's definitely sections where it's nice and flat and he would have just been swimming, but there were some sections where there were some pretty full-on rapids that he had to swim through. Now, he did look like he took his health and safety pretty seriously. Uh, he had about five kayakers. The little clips that I saw had about five kayakers with, her, with him, but it was just a bit of adventure. I think it took him either three or four days to do the 288 kilometres. 256. 256. And I would say, and I, and I mentioned this to the mountain snail John Hancock, uh, technique wasn't amazing and especially his sighting. I'm disappointed in you. His sighting was abysmal. <laughs> yeah, but, but he's like swimming in waves. Look at it. Yeah. It's going up and down the whole time. So if you want something, we'll have a link in on imtalk.me uh, if you want to watch somebody swimming down a river. Uh, he made it, and that's a, a big swim, so well done to him. Uh, and that what about you swimming stemmed, each day? That stemmed my thoughts to this week's discussion of the week. One one day I think he swam about 80 k's, but when you swam 80 k's... How long did it take him on as Bevan said, it's, it was moving pretty bloody fast yeah. in places. So just a bit of an adventure. But the reason Hancock sent it through was because he gave us a bit of love on he well, used our music. Well, no, he didn't. That's not really our music, is John, it? we're taking it. <laughs> he put a tiny bit of music that's our intro music that was... Uh, no, but nowadays you can't get that music anymore. Can't you? No, because... So basically, our music that we use on the show, when we first started the podcast, Apple brought out GarageBand and they had a podcasting mm-hmm. part of GarageBand mm-hmm. and then they had intro music and that was the intro music we used. And so other podcasters use it. You may probably heard it other times. But then when they updated it, and this was long time ago they got rid of the podcasting section mm. and they got rid of all the music segments mm. so that's why our little music bits nowadays are pretty crappy because mm. they removed all those bits um but so i think he was saying what well i'm talking okay yep. brilliant yep. of course he was there's only reason he did it it's rob hutchings nice work swimming the length of the clutha river in new zealand love your bevan work. speaking of music <laughs> hit me with some music here's some crappy music i stole off the internet here we go <laughs> Coaches Corner. Okay, John Swift. I've got to try to keep the Bevan awake here. I know. And I've got to try to. And he's got a million notes. I've got to try to articulate this in a way that he actually understands somewhat what I'm talking about. So this is sort of. I'm getting frustrated, Bevan, because really? I'm, 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 I'm in frustrated. I'm in uh, Swift races, and I'm seeing people just wasting their efforts. It'd be a bit like being in a bike race, and you're just thinking, who's the numpty that's just sitting on the front? Dragging us along yeah, the whole way. Yeah, but good keep on, going, mate. Good, keep going. Good on you. You're getting a good workout out there, but really, you're pretty clueless. And how about you just have a little bit of a break and, and play the game? And that's what Zwift is. It's about uh, learning how to play the game. And so I was watching on the weekend, they've got this Tour de France of Zwift on, and all, not. All the top pro riders, all the top teams are on there, and the best riders in the world are coming and going. So they at the weekend. What do you mean they're coming and going? Well, you have four pe- pe- people in a team, and you can have any four people you want for the six different stages. So you might go right race one. We're going to wait. Use, you have more than four people in the team. No, you can swap people around. Oh, okay. So race one, you look at the profile of the course and go, okay, we'll put these four guys in. Race four is uphill. We're going to use our four uphill riders. Okay. So you don't have to. It's, it's a team's competition. And my frustration was that. You're seeing guys using their power ups and they're not using them at the right time. And I'm like, what are you doing, you moron? You're supposed to just use it properly. And equally, when I'm in bike races myself, and not that I want my other competitors around me to be uh, beating me easily, I'm like, what are you doing that there for? You just, 
you're not playing Amateur the game properly. Amateur 101. It's rookie stuff. So I thought I'd do a section on it today uh, and try to keep non-Zwifters somewhat engaged. And also, if you are a non-Zwifter and you are on the indoor trainer, then you can go and watch some of these Tour de France races. Some of them are, are really good. Uh, watch it on Zwift.com. Uh, just something to, to occupy your time. So first thing is, um, what is a, and, and I think some of the stuff also, what we talk about, is a little bit applicable to bike racing outside and actually cluing yourself up yep. on how to bike race outside. So what is a power-up is the first thing I'm going to cover and then a bit of strategy and then when to use your power-ups. Because at the end of the day, the objective of racing for most people, and this is about racing rather than just uh, participating, is your objective is to get to, from A to B as quick as possible but to do it in the most efficient manner. Exactly. So, uh, if well, you can, And the objective of smashing that last bit. Yeah, and so if you can use your power-ups to get you the finish line quicker or more efficiently, then it's a win-win. So I bought it as a power-up. So a power-up is an in-game, so Zwift is kind of like a game, that you receive each time you pass through a sprint point or you come over a king of the mountain um, or you come through sort of a, a finish line um, archway. And each time you cross over them, you've got a chance of getting um, what's called a power-up. And it's all really random, so it's a bit like going to the casino, you, sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't, and you don't know what sort of power-up you're going to get. But is it fair for everyone? No, not really. <laughs> it's a bit stupid. It's just, it's just random, luck of the draw, and you never get what you want. You better luck in the Tour de France. Yeah, in some races, um, I think for the event organisers, they can programme okay. which power-ups are available, and in, in some races like that, they might say everybody gets a power-up yeah. every time. I get it, I get it. Oh, I don't actually get it. <laughs> but, but, but when I did a race at the weekend... Uh, the final two points that I crossed over, I didn't get a power up, and I was like, "Screw this!" <laughs> a bit annoyed, but that, I, I, that's part of the appeal for me. It's kind of uh, just a bit of guesswork. So you only um, you, you pick them up whenever you cross one of those points. So, for example, at the race of the weekend there was, that I did, there was seven opportunities to get up, get a power up as you're going through. And what happens? A little button pops up on your screen, whether you're using an iPad or a phone or whatever, and then you can choose when you actually want to, to use it. You don't have to use it straight away. You can save it. You can use it straight away. You can use it, save it to the end of the race, etc. So that's where the strategy comes in. Um, so. You don't get a new one until you deploy until you've used your old one. So, say for example, you get the power up that you want to use at the very finish of the race, but you're only five minutes in. You got to go. But how often do you get power ups? It varies. It's a, a gamble, John. It's a strategy, Bevan. It's a strategy. So you might get the one you want for the finish. You're only five minutes into the race of an hour-long race. Yep. And you go, do I want to play that now, or do I want to save it all the way through the race and uh, and use it at the very end? So you you don't you but, don't get a new one until you've used your other one. Now, depending on the race, depending on the race will depend on how many different places there are. You can pick it, pick them up. So as I said at the weekend, there was oh they're on the road. They're on, yeah. So when you so picture watching the Tour de France, yep. and you know when they, they have a stage and they have little sprint points during yeah. the stage, yep. it's exactly the same okay. as Zwift. So when you go over one of those sprint points, you've got the chance of getting a power up. When you go over the top of a king of the mountains, like in the Tour de France, oh. then you get a. So it is rewarding an effort. Yeah. Uh, okay. No, it's not really. It's, <laughs> okay. just, it's just that's <laughs> that's where they're given out at those okay. points. It's not. But it's the first person to it. Or? No, everyone everyone's got a chance. Every time you go through, you have got a chance of getting one. Oh, okay. 
See, I'm educating Bevan today. Yeah, it's stupid to me, be, but it's all right. You're going to be coming down to my place, oh, knocking on the door every day. Going, yeah, yeah. Oh, my six weeks start turned into 12 weeks, John. Exactly. Uh, okay, so the different power-ups you can get. The first one is an aero helmet. What that does, uh, for 15 seconds, you become more aerodynamic. The second one is a van, which is like giving you a double draft. Uh, so it increases the drag effect you're experiencing. Does the van turn up on your screen? A little van, it does, <laughs> on, your, on, the, on the, the corner at least. Oh, okay. Uh, so for 30 seconds, um, you get 50% increase in how well you draft. Then this doesn't work if you're not drafting someone. So it's like a drafting boost, but if you're at the front of the group, it doesn't work. So you'd be stupid to use it then. Exactly, Bevan. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the next big, next main one that often comes up is a feather, and that uh, the reason it's a feather because it makes you lighter by nine and a half kilograms for fifteen seconds. So when do you think you might use a feather, Bevan? Well, at the end of the race. Oh no, when you're going uphill. Oh, uphill. Okay, sorry, lighter. Yeah, yeah, sorry. And a couple of other random ones that the I've, burrito. I've never experienced these. These often are not enabled in races. A burrito that makes you undraftable for ten seconds. So you'd use that if you were going to attack off the front. Well, that's a, at the end of the race. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, cycle racing. Exactly. Uh, a ghost, which does a similar thing. Then you can attack off the front, and people can't see you attack, so you turn into a ghost. And there's a couple of new ones what out. Happens there. What do you mean? So you stay in the pack, but you've actually gone ahead. You've attacked off the front, but you're invisible, so you're a ghost. Woo! <laughs> scary. But, but what? They, they, before, they can't right. see you. So you're watching the screen, and you think, I'm at the front, I'm at the front, and then but somebody's actually attacked off the front, and, they're, 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 and you can't see them. Like they're but a ghost. Do you see them disappear from then, the pack? No, they're, they're a ghost. Oh. It's spooky. <laughs> and then ten, 10 seconds later, they'll reappear, and they might be 20, 20 15 oh, minutes oh, up the road. That's a bugger. <laughs> what about the steamroller? What happens here? Steamroller, I haven't uh, experienced either, but that's like making the road, if you're riding on gravel, it makes it feel like it's real road. So when you ride on gravel and Zwift uh, or um, bridges and stuff, you actually slow down. Your speed slows down. If you play your steamroller, it makes it smooth. smooth again. And you, you, so again, you go quicker. So that's a quick summary of what the different power-ups are. But the, wait, wait, you, you said you can get a bonus points, which is a bit like getting a booby prize. Yeah, so in Zwift, you earn points where you can buy shit for. Okay. <laughs> and so if you're going through one and it's uh, XP or something like that, it means you get a whole bunch more points, okay. which don't benefit you at all. It's just, it's oh, like okay. That's trying to get the, bo- the booby price. Okay. Um, so strategy is really important. And my strategy might be slightly different to other people's, but hopefully it's... Sean, um, you're going to have two pages with you. Oh, mate, this is... <laughs> I, I, was, I was pretty fired up yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so the key thing is, and this, this applies to all bike racing as well, is know the course really well before you start each race um, because it has a really big influence. Definitely, because you know who's coming and use your feather. Exactly. Yep. And on where you use the power-ups and when you use them as well. Um because you got to think about the finish of the race first. Is is it going to be a flat finish, um, and then you got to decide what power up you want, or is it going to be a hilly finish, and then you want to have like a feather up? Uh, is there going to be a key climb sort of near the finish line? So in the course on Zwift, there's one in Innsbruck in Austria, and it's got this little hill, um, maybe a couple of k's before the finish. And in most races, if you smash it up that little climb, then you'll either be able to drop a few others or get away yourself. Mm. And so that's where all the strategy. So have a really good look at the course and think about how many power-ups are going to be available and when is going to be the best time to use them. And I'll go through when is the best time in a moment. Best website to do that is called ZwiftHacks.com. And if you look under routes, then you can go through and see the route you're going to be racing on. So it's ZwiftHacks.com slash app slash roots uh, and that will give you a little um, 
image of the course and show you where all the different um, different sort of power-up opportunities are. So as I said, a lot of people will have done the ATAP last weekend, which was the stage of the Tour de France. The race that I did, there was 1,300 finishes, I think, maybe 1,800 starters. Yep. Other ones, it was like three or 4,000 people. So I know a lot of you guys will have done that race. So there was seven opportunities to get a power-up. It was a two-lap course. There was two King of the Mountains each lap, a sprint, plus you went through the finish barrier. Uh, banner, so you're thinking, before you're going into the start, Okay, there's seven power-ups uh, that I'm going to, there's a potential to um, get them. Actually, I'll go through my strategy in a moment. Okay, yeah. So the aero helmet, when to use it. Um, in a sprint finish, you've got to make sure you get your timing right, and this is what frustrated me at the weekend, was uh, it, it lasts for 15 seconds, and you want it to run out pretty much exactly when you're on the finish line. So you've got to do a quick bit of arithmetic in your head. Well, there's a lot to think about. There is, but that's what makes it a bit more interesting rather than just smashing yourself into the ground. Yep. Um, so you've got to think, how quick am I going to be sprinting at the end, depending on your ability? So if you're sprinting at 45 kilometres an hour, um, that power-up is going to last you about 180 to 190 metres. So if you play it, say with 500 metres to go, you've wasted it and uh, you're going to get smoked on the finish line. And that's but what if what you break away? We can, but usually it's it's like watching again. If you watch a Tour de France stage and you see those numpties that try to break away <laughs> about numpties five hundred to go, how often do they win? I did that one very too. I very rarely. I got tenth in the vine, what is it, the vineyard run the bike Tour um, great ride the great ride oh, great, great ride. ride and I was in the top. I got tenth, but I, I I went early, John. Exactly, but I knew I didn't have a sprint. Yeah, like I knew I didn't have like I wasn't a cycle sprinter. So my strategy was try break away and and break them. Yeah. Um, it didn't work. I got 10th out of the so you, 10. You, you do have to, th that's part of your strategy, but if you are going to sprint to the line, you deploy it at the last possible moment yep. because invariably it's going to be that last 50 metres that decides your, your finish. Because it's going to be a group Because those sprinters in the cycle racing, mm. I just didn't have that top end and fast twitch. Yeah, you know. but you finish 10th and you go, there was no way I was ever going to win it. But if you'd actually sat in the group, maybe you would have finished. Yeah, oh, I definitely would have. I, yeah, I would yeah. have done better than I did. But I took a risk because I wanted to try win it. Mm, totally. And it didn't pay off. Um, so, yeah, when to use it uh, as a sprint finish. The other time you would use your aero helmet when you're in danger of getting dropped or you've just fallen off the back of a group. And then you could use it to try to surge your way back onto the group. Um, when not to use it, so this is an aero helmet, when you're going uphill. It's kind of common sense. You don't use an aero helmet when you're going uphill because aerodynamics don't work as well when you're going uphill. Yeah. It's a bit of a waste of wasted effort. Uh, and when also, you've got to think about when you're going to dump power ups. And the only reason you, could, you oh, you, so you dump them, dump, you still use them, you use them, but you but just kind of pointless. use them whenever. Yep. Um, and the only reason you do, you dump a power up is if you're thinking towards the end of the race, I really want to try to have a different power up for later in the race and then you just dump it at any stage and if you use the aero helmet on the flat then you get a little bit of a break or a little bit of a breather. The second one and I also got frustrated with this at the weekend Bevan uh, is the van and that gives you that sort of double draft it lasts for 30 seconds so again you'd want to try to use that at in your end. sprint finish yep. Yep. but you've got to use it quite tactically because if you go to the front then it's a complete waste of time. So again, you've got to do a little bit of uh, maths on the on the fly. Again, using that example, if you're riding at 45 kilometres per hour, it's going to last about 375 metres. Um, so you might use it, say, 450 to 500 metres out from the finish line, and then you'll get the benefit of it, hopefully following one or two others, and then hopefully you can jump off their wheel and sprint to the line. Um, the other time you'd use it, if you're sort of 
absolutely on the rivet and you're hanging into a small group, if you used it, then it's going to give you like a 30 second bit of recovery because you're going to be able to ride with uh, lower power output while staying in the group. Similar to the other one uh, with the aero, you when not to use it going uphill um, because it's not really going to help you with regards to drafting very much. Uh, and again, same thing applies when to dump it is just if you're trying to get rid of it to try to get a different sort of power up for later in the race. And the last one I'll do, which is um, feather because that's another key one. It's your climbing one. When to use it when you're climbing. But what I would suggest is you really try to be patient with your use of it and wait till the really steep part of the climbs because that's when it's going to be more beneficial when you're going sort of, you know, 8, 9, 10% plus. Um, then you're going to get more out of it by making you 9.5 kilograms later as opposed to just using okay, it yep. on, a, on a really sort of uh, shallow incline. Um, when not to use it, going into a sprint finish, it's not going to really help you at all. Uh, and I would suggest you don't use it at the bottom of climbs. You use it further up climbs um, to try to get back onto groups or try to break away rather than uh, at the bottom of the climb when you're nice and fresh, unless you are trying to break away straight away. Um, so that's the, the other ones um, I don't really use, the burrito and the ghost. They're more if you're coming into sort of big attacking situations towards the end of a race and you're trying to get away but I've never actually received one or used one and we talked about the steamroller before. There's also a couple of new ones coming out that I don't know too much about at all. Um, to give you an example of um, how I sort of use my power-ups at the weekend, um, so again using that uh, race that they had in France which was uh, the Case Pat Patty's uh, course uh, had two King of the Mountains, uh, a couple of sprints and uh, you got one at the end of each lap. Uh, I kind of figured in that race it was probably going to come down to a group finish and so I really wanted to try to have a van or an aero power up at the finish so I could uh, hopefully sprint really well. Um, going into the second lap I had a feather power up, used that uh, on the first climb because then I had two opportunities to try to get another power up and in the randomness of this I got neither Bevan so I came mm. into the finish with nothing. That's uh, when it sucks, eh? That's when it gets annoying. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who are racing this weekend in the ATAP, again, there'll be thousands of people doing it. It's a brand new course going up uh, the first part of Mont Ventoux in France. Um, there's a sprint early on, uh, and then if you get an aero, uh, a van or an aero power-up, use it pretty much straight away because the rest of the race is uphill and you want to try to get yourself a feather to survive. But it's going to be a cool weekend coming up, going up a really, really big climb. Mm. Bevan, you're enthralled. You're going to... Tell, tell you what, John, I am enthralled. Yeah. I'm, yep, I'm, I'm buying with today. We're very lucky in our house. I've got a big screen projector thing. I'm getting it in. Maybe we should come around here and do it. We could do it. We'll sweat we like could, bloody we, buggery on your carpet, though. Well, you put a mat down, wouldn't you? Yeah, we could do. Yeah. You put like a. We've got, we've got tarpaulin in the garage. Mm, not a silly idea. We'll do it when we do the race. Yeah, yeah, totally. But then we have to run. Oh, yeah. <laughs> run off the bike. We get a good head start. <laughs> well, we go down. Yeah. And then finish everything. <laughs> it, got, it's got to be, you got to finish where you start. Oh, do you? So if we did that, I'm tempted to do that. Well, you'd go down, run around the river, come, come back. back up to so Be Bevan's place would be... A couple hundred metres? No, it'd be, uh, it'd be close to 2K climb to finish. To here? To here, and that's 2K, yeah, probably at an average of... 8% or something, it would yeah. not be fast. You wouldn't be and sprinting you'd, finish. You would, you'd need a power up then, John. You would. You know? And you'd smash your legs silly running down that hill at the start of the run and you'd be rooted for the next uh, 19 yeah. kilometres. Yeah, you would. So let's not do it here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Come down to my place. <laughs> back to your place. Back I'm to your garage. Uh, pull your screen down. Actually, I have got a big screen I can use in our garage. We'll do that. There you go. Uh, any other things, John? 
No, I think that's enough swifting for one day. Okay, there we go. Let's do Wanger of the Week. Wanger of the Week. What day are we doing this race? Sunday, October the 11th. Let's do 11, John. Okay. Oops, hold on. While you're looking for it, I'm going to talk about last week's Wanger. It was Andrew. Andrew who, John? Andrew somebody. You mentioned me on Strava section this week, and I thought I should explain. We're talking about his photos, and he says, I'm not running across France. I'm following an old pilgrim trail. Pilgrim trail. Sorry, trail, and walking from Canterbury to Rome. That must be Canterbury in the UK. Yeah, it's a long way. It's a long way. So I was commenting that he was looked like he was walk, going across France. And he, he wasn't heading towards Paris, so I wasn't quite sure. So the trail is 2,000 kilometres long and runs across France, crosses the Swiss Alps down to Italy. It will take me about three months to complete. It's definitely not an, an athletic endeavour, though a 30k walk with a heavy pack on your back does require a amount of endurance. I use my Garmin to track the distance and the data gets pushed onto Strava. I forgot that it would also get into the I Am Talks weekly stats. I think he's removed himself this week because he was a bit embarrassed about it. <laughs> Because it wasn't really try training. I said, we don't care. It gives us something to talk about. Pretty impressive. A guy I know, he did one in America like that, which was like a three-month trek. That'd be a cool life experience, wouldn't it? It would be. You'd see some cool places. It'd just be and out It's of not it. a race and you're not really worried about numbers. You could just stop off at the little towns and have a nice Meet coffee. Meet some people and... God, oh, French bakeries. Oh. Well, you're burning some calories. I know. French do good bakery food, don't they? They do indeed. Oh, John. This week's Wang of the Week, number 11 is or from last week's training, was Richard Hargrave. He did 22 hours and 38 minutes. Man, you had to do 20 hours. You only got 20 hours was 22nd place. Guto Morgan, so he did 20 hours and 4 minutes. So you want to get in the top 20, you've got to be doing some. So Richard Hargraves, he did... 40 minutes of swimming, he did 18 hours and 20 minutes of biking, 3 hours, 37 minutes of swimming. He's from Inverness in Scotland, up in the United Kingdom, so I guess that 40 metre swim might have been his token open water swim, because I think pools aren't quite open in Scotland yet, I think in UK they're opening next week or the yeah, week clubs after. Yeah, in the next couple of weeks, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. So it's crazy, isn't it? You could, you, you, like, with the COVID, guys, in New Zealand... It's still a presence because there's, you know, bringing back to people, bringing it into the country. You're definitely watching what's happening overseas. But our life is very much back to normal. Yeah. And you, and you do think, geez, we're so lucky. Because, mm. like, I work in fitness and we had to shut down for the 10 weeks that, that you know, that New Zealand shut down. Um, but I, you watch other people overseas and they're just, you know, still not back at work. They're still mm. a few weeks away and now numbers are going up again overseas. You know, you just think, oh, it's so sorry for those people overseas who have to, their lives are just being put on hold, and and understandably why, but oh, just poor, you know, just anyone in that situation just really. So feel if we say you. anything inappropriate, apologies, because yeah, well, it's yeah. it's more you just kind of it's easy once you get back to life just to think about your own life again, Take isn't it? Granted. Yeah, yep. it really is. So um, Richard Hargrave in the last uh, four weeks, he's been averaging four rides a week and average distance per week two hundred and fifty six kilometres. Nice work. Biggest ride that he's ever done was 183.1 kilometres. I wonder if that was an Ironman that measured a little bit long running in the last few weeks, averaging three runs per week, average distance of 43.6 kilometres, and he has done estimated 1K time, 3.31, estimated 10K, 3.39, uh, 124 for half marathon and 3.10. So I think his stats actually look about right, unlike Bevan and mine. 
Yeah, very good. Uh, John, let's go into questions and answers. Okay, so this is from Paul Williams, and we were talking last week about some racing in Sydney, and he talked, basically, he's saying, is this Paul Silky Smooth Williams? I think you might be right, yeah. yeah. That's true. I uh, heard the conversation about racing in Sydney Harbour on this week's show. One of my first races was the Sydney Biathlon back in January 1994. You swam from the southern side of the harbour to the northern side, approximately 1k, they had scheduled the race when the ship's lanes were clear for an hour so we didn't get run over. That's you wouldn't want to be outside the one hour sometime. That's very important. This is in Sydney Harbour. Yep. Uh, it felt very wrong seeing the harbour bridge as you took a breath. The run was about 8k and you ran North Sydney uh, to the finish by coming back over the bridge and finishing where the swim had started. From memory, the swimmer was the female winner was Michaeli Jones and a run, run up was Rena Hill. Who was Rena, Rena Hill? Hill? Was a very good ICU athlete, um, sort of regular top five. Cool, Great swimmer, race. good runner, not so good on the bike. Uh, that would be cool. That'd be amazing. I like that, that. I think I was saying this last week. That, that location, mm. that Sydney Harbour Bridge area, is one of the most beautiful locations in the world. Yeah, so swim across the harbour and then run around a bit and then run back over the Harbour Bridge. That'd be great. They could quite easily do that in Auckland because they do the cross harbour swim in Auckland and then running back across the Auckland Harbour and, Bridge. And cool. do they, have a pa- they do have a pathway now on the bridge, they do. don't they? Yeah, yeah. That would be cool. Event opportunity, Auckland organisers. Yeah, of course, they, there'd be too many calls. <laughs> <laughs> too many bureaucrats yeah. to deal with. Councils and health, health. How much do you reckon health and safety is added to the cost of putting on a race now? I can tell you. I'm not okay, going to tell you now. Give us a ballpark. <laughs> Let's just say I've just had to do a health and safety plan and it is thousands of dollars. Yeah. And this is just for a, a fairly small local event with you know, 400 people in it or so and it's not 1,000, it's several thousand dollars. Really? Oh, for God's sake. Yeah, it's a ball breaker. Really, I've got yeah. the invoices and my ball's just broke. <laughs> He's got I no knew balls. it was coming and I was like, oh my God. Jeez, really? Yeah, so it is thousands and thousands of dollars, and the, and I I just shudder to think what it would be for for Iron Man and, and things like that. Yeah, mm. yeah, because well, basically in New Zealand, the government, or oh, about ten years ago, brought out much higher self and health and safety regulations and rules around it, um, for the re- good reasons. But it's definitely added a cost to mm. our productivity of our country. The, the main reason my mind so much is mine needed to be audited. For, for DOC because I go into a Department of Conservation land so I need an ordered health safety plan you can't just make up a, your own health and safety plan it's got to be uh, oh, really? it's like a hundred pages long it's like far out what who reads it well I have to and then I've got to implement it oh, don't get me started Bevan <laughs> well, you've got you already have anymore. luckily you've already had the chop because you wouldn't be able to have kids after that moment had it twice even <laughs> yes well, you did have it twice <laughs> didn't work the first <laughs> time <laughs> that the, was a ball what, breaker. <laughs> What's the percentage chance of that happening? It's very low. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Again, it's one in multiple. Two thousands. of my mates, two of my best mates, they've 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 got too many kids. <laughs> one of them's got five kids, and the other's got three, and they still loosely talk about having more kids. And we're like, stop it. So they they both say, oh, we should get the op. And I'm like, mate, I'll come in with you get the op myself. Yeah. Just you boys will stop having kids. Exactly. <laughs> okay, John, let's talk about our patrons. Uh, Darren Double O Jones. Ian White Lightning Hursley. And Phil, the... 
Felonator Patterson. He doesn't like the other one. We'll yeah, go for Felonator. Fair, fair enough. Uh, uh, you guys, uh, if you want to get the show emailed to you, you can go to www.iamtalk.me down the front page. It's there. Um, thank you to all the patrons. If you want to become a patron on iamtalk.me is where you go to do that. Coaching, coachjohnnewson.com. My podcast now, guys, I actually think we're going to put the interview that I did on my podcast yesterday mm-hmm. on this show weeks. because it's phenomenal. One of the world's top neuros, neuroscientists. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that what I'm saying? Well, it could be a scientist or neurosurgeon. So yeah, I don't know. No, uh, uh, neurologist or something like that. Anyway, <laughs> unbelievable interview. So you can check that out at bevanjamesoz.com. Uh, Age Group of the Week, websites and other feedback. I am talkpodcast at gmail.com. John, your goss. Uh, what's my goss? I've got to stop talking about the weather. It was just getting me down about the crappy weather we were getting. It's got, so a, bit better, about that. It's got a bit better. It has got a bit and better. And then this morning walking out of the gym, it was definitely a little bit lighter. Definitely getting lighter. Yeah, that's a big thing. Um, so I haven't done John's swim set for the day, Devin. Let's <laughs> quickly, I'll quickly do that because I was going to talk about something swimming related. Uh, I was getting in and out of the pool, which will become obvious in a moment, so I didn't actually complete the whole set. 300 warm-up, uh, repeating 75 free, 25 backstroke. Then it was 4 by 100, descend 1 to 4, which means you're getting progressively faster between number 1 and number 4. 4 by 200, descend 1 to 4. So again, starting sort of steady. Second one, harder, harder, harder. Then 800 steady, then repeating the 4 by 100 repeating the 4 by 200 and then 200 warm down. And the reason I was getting in and out of the pool a little bit, and I think... You ate some curry last night? No. Uh. No, I did not. <laughs> uh, was I've got some fancy new goggles that I'll talk about in the next couple of weeks ago. The form goggles. Oh, Bevan. this is the ones that they emailed us. You've got them, have you? Yeah. So I've got. So it's basically like having in one of your um, eyes. It's got like a little display, Does and it will tell you your okay? swimming pace. It seemed to work really well this morning. I had, I had to, it took me a while to configure it how I wanted it. Yeah. But like every twenty-five meters, it'll give you a split time for that length. Really? And uh, it. Do you think it's accurate? Yeah, no, well, it was accurate because I was looking at the... So how's it figure out, based on your turn or...? Well, yeah, there'll be some sort of accelerometer yep. in there. Um, but yeah, it was it was really accurate. And it didn't do every single thing that I wanted to do. But once I got it, once I got the display how I wanted now, can it... You, can, you, can, can it show you more than just the lap? Can it show you how well, fast you've hit a K or...? Yeah, it gives you, it's giving you splits the whole whole way through. Wow. So, but you then there's only two fields you can have displayed at one time. So you got to choose which so bit, you want. Yeah, but like on your Garmin, you're thinking, what are the two best things? You can only have two, and you can't. So you go, probably want lap. Well, you can only have time on the top, and then you've got to choose what you want down uh, the bottom. Okay. So no, on and can you easily go bang and it'll change? Not yet that I've discovered. Okay. Yeah. So, but but in terms, once I got my head around it, it worked really well. But I'll do a bit of a product review on it uh, later on. Um, so yeah, that was um, that was my excitement for this morning. But it did cost me. Did about it distract you? Um, we'll, we'll we'll go into this when I do a review. But what I found is initially yes, because you're looking at it. Yeah. But then once you actually got your head around it and you stopped looking at it, then you can just go. I can just now. Const- I don't have to count any lengths. I don't have yeah, to um, concentrate on anything else. I can just actually concentrate on swimming. So once you've got your head around it... So it's uh, actually a it better like, focus tool. Mm, but it's basically like having a Garmin, uh, or I mean, sorry, a, a GPS watch in one of your eyes, but you only can see two fields. Um, and yeah, so it was it did what it was supposed to do. I imagine virtually they have on both eyes, so you get more fields. Yeah. 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 But no, it seemed to work. Oh, we're well, interested to see what you say. Uh, any other gosh, John, you're injured. I'm injured, blowing my hammy. Last week was um, was sort of, I'd, I'd had about a week and a half of next to no running to try to get it right yep. and doing all my stuff on the side to, to try to help it. And last week it's like, well, I've got this half marathon. If I can't run properly this week, 
there's no point doing it. So I went out there and ran properly last week, got a couple of runs done, feel it timing up, and then it's just munted. So now I've got a... Hamstring? Yep. <clears throat> so now I've just got When's a, the race? 2nd of August. So I'm, I'm not doing that. It was just a half marathon that I kind of yep. wanted to do, but yep. it wasn't life and death. Yep. Uh, so now I'll just get it right for, for summer and uh, get some get some treatment on it and just get myself home. Get it strong. Mm-hmm. Get so that's about all for me, Bevan. What about you? Did you watch rugby? I did watch it. It was a good game, wasn't it? It was a tight game. Yeah, it was a good, was a good game good to watch. Game. Yeah. We had tension. But I tell you what, we've, again, very lucky in New Zealand, but um, having crowds, it was a real example of a crowd can win a game for you. Mm. So basically what happened when, in the game, guys, is Auckland were playing Canterbury and a two undefeated team in the New Zealand rugby tournaments happening because of COVID. And uh, Canterbury, we've dominated. We haven't lost a game at home in like 47 games. We're very good at home. Mm. Um, just kind of unbeatable, really. And but Auckland this year have been phenomenal. So they came down, and the first sixty minutes, you're thinking they're in the game. They're in the game, but also we're not looking that good. Mm-hmm. And then Richie Mwanga does this little thing that they score a try, and then the guy charges down the kick, which never happens in rugby, yeah, does it? That was Mickey Mouse. That was that was Mickey Mouse from the kicker, but also awesome from our guy. Mm-hmm. So he charges down the kick. Think of gridiron. You know how in gridiron they try to charge the kicker. In rugby, you, 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 there's an option that you can do it, but. I'd like, say one in a hundred. If, if that. Oh, no. Yeah, we're, probably less than, yeah, a lot less than that. When was the last time you remember it happening? Yeah, next to never. Probably 20 years? Yeah. So probably one in a thousand. Yeah. Again, even if that. It's probably one in 10,000. That's so rare. So the guy does it. Our guy grabs the ball, runs up, and does this kind of chip kick, kick off, gets the ball, and runs up the field and nearly scores a try or puts us in an opportunity. But the crowd comes alive after that moment. And from that moment forward, the crowd was in the game. And we just swept them home, didn't we? And New Zealand crowds are normally terrible. Oh, terrible. Honestly, you're watching it, and everybody's just sitting there watching the game. They're enjoying it, but they're just watching the game. No cheering. I'm going to define that more. I'm going to say Pākehā New Zealand crowds. Yeah, totally. Because you yep. look at the Tongan League supporters. Good, yep. You know, a- oh, my amazing. God, I would love to be a Tongan League supporter. Mm. Just absolutely awesome. Bloody, that's Pākehās. But we I'd like to be conservative. And I'm not motivated to go to live rugby for that reason because it's, it's you not just atmosphere. there and you just watch it yeah um, but yeah but then the crowd gets involved once uh, there's a bit of excitement and was, then, uh, then we smoked them we had a funny, a funny thing happen so we had a couple of friends over to watch the game and one of our friends got a kid called Quinn who's just turned five cute little kid speaking's you know when they're young it's not mm. necessarily that clear so what we did is because normally what we do we, we, we've got the big screen so I was talking about earlier so often what we do when we get friends over is we just chuck them in this room yeah put all the kids in here put the movie on shut that door and so the adults can have our time to ourselves but because the game was on we wanted to be in this room so I put you shut them in another room shut the, shut, Quinn in my, shut the kids in my office so I've oh. got a my computer screen so I put I've got a, like a couch in my office so I turn the couch around Put Netflix on the computer screen and <laughs> see you later, kids. Mm. But I'm setting it up, and Quinn goes, <laughs> Quinn to the little kid says to me, and I'm sitting on my chair, and she goes, Bevan, can I shit in your chair? <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I go, what's that? And she goes, can I shit in your chair? <laughs> 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 she was meaning sit. But yeah. it, was just a, it was just like, kids say the damnest things, and yeah. it was very, very funny. So other than that, John, just, yeah, just I did a bit of running. Nice. Not injured? No, it's good. Oh, I've been doing my hamstring, as I tell you. Good. you got to do your hamstring work. Mm-hmm. I do a run, I come in and do a bit of core, and I watch a documentary. Mm-hmm. When I do my core work, watch a doco. Mm-hmm. Started watching Unsolved Mysteries. Remember that show? It's vaguely, yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. a big show when we were younger. Nice. What was your favourite drama when we were younger? The A-Team. Well, that's not a drama. <laughs> no. <laughs> have you watched the recent? It's tragic. It's I have not watched the recent. I watched one where... 
Hulk Hogan was on it. Oh. And I thought, this is going to be awesome. Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty bad. They kept New MacGyver. The kids watched New MacGyver. Is it wasn't good? as good as the classic. It was just watchable. Did you watch, you watch L.A. Law? No. Didn't you? No. Jeez, no. What other big docos were there? What other big dramas? Law and Order. Yeah, that was a bit older. I'm thinking like 80s, John. Okay. The big dramas of the 80s. Yeah. This is a triathlon show. Dallas. Heaven. Dallas. We're a bit too young for that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm a note. Train hard. Train smart. Kia Kia car. car.